Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I don't know, did you hear the Dublin, um, the former Dublin Lord Mayor Neil Ring? He was chatting earlier here this morning on News Talk about our bail system. And he says it's a complete joke. He made the comments after Miss Justice Mary Ellen Ring also called on the state to do something about bail. This was at a recent hearing. We're now at the situation where we just see the courts are being made a mockery of. The Gardaí are going into court asking that people aren't given bail. And yet there's a revolving door system. They're given bail. They go out. They commit more crime. They're just added to the list. I mean, we've had horrendous uh, numbers. We've had horrendous crimes committed by people on bail. And in fact... One in six crimes committed in in Ireland today are committed by people who are out on bail. And in fact, one in five murders are committed by people who are out on bail. Yeah, and Neil Ring was, you know, voicing these concerns. Um, it was two people who had received bail for serious charges. They were then brought back to the courts, I think, nearly days later on other separate uh, charges as well. And, and that's why he was making the comments. But I want to talk to people today about this. Do you think our bail system needs to be reformed? 87 106 is the WhatsApp number. Lucia O'Farrell is with me today because, Lucia, your son Shane was killed by a hit-and-run driver back in 2011. He was on bail at the time. So do you think this bail system, our bail system, needs to be reformed? Uh, hello, Andrea and uh, listeners. Uh, well, we're just an ordinary family and you know you don't expect to have to deal with the criminal justice system you expect the system to work but the Lithuanian national that killed our son in a hit and run had committed 35 offences while on bail he was on bail for two years before he killed our son he walked in and out of courts in Carrington Cross Dundalk um, RD Virginia uh, Cavan Monaghan Monaghan Circuit Court Cavan Circuit Court Bailyborough without consequence or deterrent for him he would be granted bail, he would re-offend and get bail again and again. And I heard Mr Ring talk about guards asking for bail to be revoked or objecting to bail. In our case that didn't appear that didn't appear to happen and uh, there's no evidence that bail was a, a, there was a request for a revocation of bail. Uh, he he seemed to be, you know, uh, there was no consequence for him. Um, he continued to get bail and he continued to get, uh, you know, bounced about from court to court. And even after, at the time of killing Shane, he was on bail and in breach of bail conditions from Virginia District Court in County Cavan, in Monaghan Circuit Court seven months earlier, where the judge had said if he reoffends, he's to be returned anywhere in the circuit where he would jail him. Not he might jail him, he would jail him. And between the Circuit Court judge giving that order and killing Shane, he had committed 11 offences. He was also on bail in Carrick and Cross District Court, where he was appealing a drug sentence. And he was also on, on a suspended sentence of bond to keep the peace in RD in County Loud and two weeks after that offence he re-offended again. A part of his bail conditions from two courts was do not leave the jurisdiction and yet two weeks before he killed Shane he was arrested in Northern Ireland, held overnight in the barracks. The Gardaí were contacted and a, a fax was sent from the Gardaí so they were aware he was in Northern Ireland and no action was taken. So it, 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 there, yes we have a scoping exercise report saying there's no problem with bail and the state's position now in relation to our case is that what was going on was acceptable and, and uh, that this is okay in this country. But of course, our family's firm belief... Sorry, Lucille, sorry? No, go, go on ahead, go on ahead. 
Well, he, he, the, the, the outcome of the report, in, in like, I'll give you an example. Even um, after mentioning there, the number of courts he was in breach of bail of at the time of killing Shane. And obviously shouldn't have been at liberty. I mean, Judge O'Hagan in Monaghan Circuit Court said, you know, keep your slate clean, don't re-offend. And if you do, you're to be returned to me anywhere in the circuit. You might even get, be getting a trip to Donegal. Bring him back in front of me and I will jail him. Not I might jail him. I will jail him. Now, he had committed 11 offences after that and wasn't returned and, and killed Shane. But two days after killing Shane, in the local district court, and I remember he's on bail in relation to killing Shane. He's on bail from Virginia District Court. He's on bail from Monaghan Circuit court. He's on a suspended sentence of bond to keep the peace from RD and he's on bail from Carrick and Cross District Court and Angarda Shikana said uh, two days after killing Shane, Angarda Shikana are not objecting to bail in this case. So he walked out of court, our family were meeting him in our small local town and even three weeks after killing Shane, with all of what you know he was also on full temporary release. He re-offended and it didn't matter. Bail wasn't revoked. So, you know, it's, it's yeah. the state's position now is that this was, this was OK, you know. But, it, it, you know, the very yardstick used to give someone bail is that they're safe in the community. That people are out and about and there's no one coming behind you who should have been in custody. And so, yeah, we have overcrowding in our prisons, but the, the, the duty of the state is to protect its people. And if we need more prisons <laughs> built... So, so yeah. Well, John Culp is with us as well, Lucia. John's um, a former prison officer and a, and a criminologist. I mean, it kind of makes a sort of a whole mockery of the system, really, John, doesn't it? But I thought, I thought that, um, like the reason people were were out on bail, I just thought it was nothing to do with overcrowding. Well, the first thing, Andre, that I want to say is it's harrowing. Listen Gosh, to Lucia there. It's terrible. And that is the impact. That is the reality. And that's put a tooth in it. The state just absolutely failed them. I'm familiar with that case, actually. It was quite a lot in the papers about it and whatever. It was disgraceful. Absolutely and utterly. And, you know, I'm here, I suppose, to kind of put the other side. But it's very hard to put the other side. I would be tended to be seen as left in quite a lot of this stuff. But on this particular issue, I would tend to the right. And uh, Lucia has said, the state has a duty to protect us. And part of that duty is to balance the rights of people that uh, are innocent under presumed guilty. But what I have found and what I think over the years is that anyone that goes into this criminal world and that type of thing, factor in that possibly I might get caught. One of the ways around this, I will get bail. And quite a lot of crime is committed with bail. I was just looking at figures here quickly before I came on with you in 2019. Mm. Uh, 11% of all crime was committed by people out on bail. 24,000 offences were linked to them. 6,000 for theft, 1,000 for burglary, 274 robbery. So that's a big, that's 11% of... Uh, mm. Which of I heard Neil Ring earlier talking, we played a little bit of it there. I mean, he talked about what, one in six and one in yeah, si- it's, five? It's, it's and higher than that. It's higher than that. So, the, the, really, this boils down to the state how serious they're about this. And there, there seems to be no votes. There seems to be that once somebody is committed, somebody comes into the system, goes into the prison, and that is kind of left to the courts and all that. I think we need a holistic. I think we need to look at protecting the people. There's a charter there for victims that goes into court, and it's meaningless, to be quite honest with you. If, if the courts can't, if the police can't, if, if the system can't protect the person, um, then it fails. And the consequences are, of course, there will be overcrowding in prisons, which will hit in 2013, I think, or, or around that time. My figures are that there was over um, 
30, yeah, 2008, sorry, there was 13,000 people committed into the prisons. And now we have a headline space for 4,000 approximately. So you're going to go back to the revolving doors, you're going to go back to chaos again and all mm. that. But that, that may have to happen because people are entitled to protection, this kind of a thing. The other thing that needs to be done is, of course, need to speed up. I'm not blaming judges and I'm not blaming guards. I know, I know, yeah. The it's system a, it's needs part to of yeah, well, it's a huge part of it in the sense that I spent 30 years in and out of district courts and go down to the Bridewell any given day. There's probably more guards in the Bridewell because that was their duty that particular day, serving papers whatsoever than there was out on the streets. Uh, the, the person that was charged wouldn't have a, a, a solicitor in court. Uh, who do you want to represent you? Such, such a person. Next application was free legal aid. Next application was a date, six weeks down the line. The system just drags on, drags on, mm. drags on forever. It's not, it's not fine. There's quite a lot of cases that can be dealt with very quick. The guards allege this, the person allege that, the witnesses are in court, and it can be dealt with pretty quickly, but you're going to have to invest in that. You're going to have to invest in more judges. The DPP's office probably needs beefing up. The whole court system needs beefing up. And ultimately, you're going to have, I hate to say this, you're going to have to decide who goes into prison and probably create more space, a kind of thing that I would be yeah. against because yeah. prison doesn't always work. But, like, but this is a, if the state sorry. is saying, no, no, you're okay, John, but if, if the state is saying that the system is fine as it is, and I heard um, Barry Ward, the Gael senator and criminal barrister, you know, talking about, about this earlier today as well. But, like, we, we've a senior judge in Miss Justice Mary Ellen Ring saying the state needs to do something about bail. Judge Ring spoke in, in, in June about this. She said it's making a mockery of the bail system. And uh, I have seen that lady's career when I was serving in the prison service. An absolutely excellent judge advocate. If Mary Ring is saying something like that, if Mary Ellen Ring is saying that, then the system is broken. And we keep politics out of it. This can be across all the political parties. Let's take this on. There's going to be, and I hate the kind of term of zero tolerance, but if somebody knows that they're not going to get paid for a certain thing and they're going to go into that case that uh, Lucia laid out there, I, it is the extreme end of it. But there's lots more, and that is harrowing. That they've been left down by the system. There is no consolation there for them. Absolutely, in order that this guy wandered around this country, and I could tell you cases that I saw where people actually got murdered by people that were out in bed, where the system didn't speak to the system, where the police didn't speak to the other section of the police. That type of stuff gaps all over the place, and it's. It's, people that pay with, with, with their lives yeah. or with horrendous injuries and it's, that type of stuff. It's, it's got to, Lucia, for, you know, when I, I'm thinking of you and, and your your family and the girls and your husband and, you know, when, in dealing with everything in the aftermath that happened um, after after Shane and when he, he died in 2011 and, and going through the whole courts and the process and, and all that goes with that and then separately you're trying to grieve and then you hear that the person that's brought before the courts, and I know, you know, ultimately acquitted of um, of the dangerous driving, but when you hear about the fact they're out in bail and the whole litany and string of offences that you outlined, like, it has, it, I just, I can't imagine how you and the family felt well, it, when you it, heard that. Well, it, it's, it's very insulting to uh, an ordinary family bringing up their children to respect and abide by the law. We have this criminal who came into the country with 12 convictions from his own country, aggravated burglary, handled stolen property and road traffic offences, malicious damage. He continued on here as if he had a clean slate, getting free legal aid, uh, getting, getting even superior legal aid in the criminal courts of justice, uh, 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 yet Shane's voice was silenced. We had... We have, 
we now see a report where it states that, uh, I do it, it, quote, I do not believe that there was any circumstances in the context of the granting of bail, objecting to bail, application to revoke bail, or the monitoring of compliance with the conditions of bail, which arise from the death of Mr. O'Farrell, which wants further investigation or inquiry beyond those already carried out, either generally or in relation to the systems and procedures for the uh, uh, sharing of information between Angarda Shikona, the court services, and other relevant state bodies operating at the time of Shane O'Farrell's okay. death. Now, that's an extraordinary statement when we have done in-depth research ourselves and at the conclusion of the Gaudi, of the Gaudi Shikona Ombudsman Commission's investigation after se- seven years with them, uh, they have concluded that three guards were to be disciplined. Uh, one was after Shane was, was killed, so it, it, we, we leave that aside. The two in relation to prior to that. Okay. In one case, as I mentioned a few moments ago, Judge, o, Judge O'Hagan and Monaghan Circuit Court said, bring this individual back if he re-offended, a permission to re-enter okay, anyone on yeah. the circuit. He might even be taking a trip to Donegal. And this man had five days of theft and that guard didn't inform okay. the judge of the order of Judge O'Hagan okay. and that he was in continuous and speech of bail. And, and it didn't, but, but when he was to be disciplined, he took a judicial review and won on consent by the guard, the commissioner, because he was never trained to check the court outcome tab on Pulse system. I mean, the whole system is broken and they could learn, Andrea, they could learn so much from Shane's case if they looked at it, you know, acknowledged the failings and, you know, fixed it and so it didn't happen to again. Well, just on that, actually, Ruth is with us. Ruth Maxwell is a a victim's advocate too. Um, Ruth, look, you, you, actually, you've got, you've gone through this as a, um, as a victim yourself and then talking to other people. Like, what's, What's your view on what needs to happen with our bail system or is it okay as it is? I'm just stunned after listening to Lucia. I'm absolutely stunned because that should have been a time where they should have been trying to to grieve and readjust to life without their child and instead they're taking on every single system possible and seeing all the flaws within all of them and there will never be accountability. And it's like... Uh, an illusion within society with a political narrative that's basically saying society is safe, everybody should come forward, you know, justice can be fair and it's empowering, it's all of these things. Well, it's not. It really, really isn't. When your whole life becomes fighting the system, it's... It just beggars belief. Like the onus really comes to the judge here. It's solely the judge's responsibility to make the decision to grant bail. But yet there is no accountability there. There's none. You know, I'm a big advocate for the the system of electronic tagging. You know, that does bring some kind of public confidence into feeling safer with community monitoring. In what cases, Ruth? Well, we'll take the... You know, we're definitely in sex offence cases, but they're, you know, they're they're slightly different, I suppose, with with the whole reoffending. But, you know, anywhere where victims can feel safer within their community, anything that can be useful and helpful in any capacity, you know, like you take those attacks in Dublin, but they're teenagers and they just continually are granted bail, fine the last time the teenager wasn't, but they're just put back into society, back onto their own hamster wheel in their own environment. So do you think ele- electronic tagging is something that even, just even, you know, like without even any, you know, um, talking about any specific case as such, but, but in general you think there are cases where we should 
the system of the state oh, should look to electronic tagging. Oh, definitely. And definitely. what kind of response have you got? I'm just curious, you know, Ruth, from when you, you talk to those in government about that. Um, well, they think it's a good idea, but then it all comes down to the financial side, that it's it's not cost effective for the okay. amount of offenders they'd be monitoring. But yet, sometimes it's more about public confidence at the same time, that it's not about the cost. Like, uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm just stunned by by Lucia and and her son Shane. There's no reason her son should not be alive today. There's none. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just absolutely shocking. Now, I know my own attacker is, is a, a Polish national, but, you know, in my eyes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where he's from or anything. But he didn't have a string of convictions behind him. He would nothing, nothing. And he, he wouldn't have been flagged anywhere. But this is one of the most awful miscarriages of justice and loss of a life that, that was needless. It's, it's horrific to yeah. listen to. John, you're still with us as well. Um, yes. The, you know, like I heard it mentioned earlier today in, in terms of the, like when people are out on bail or they're before the courts and they're, they're given bail, um, that I've heard it mentioned that, you know, it, it, it happens or it tends to happen. It should happen, I suppose, in cases where there's the um, little chance of, of reoffending. But like, as we've heard from Lucia and, and, and others, like, like that's, that's not always the case. I mean, that might be the intention, but that's actually not what happens all of the time. Yeah, I agree with you. And the more we talk about it, there's a number of things that's come out that the, the, the state... The system is cold. It's cold to the individual. Very, very cold. My own sister got knocked down in Galway, hit and run not so long ago, and the the the, the um, communications between the guards and her has been absolutely appalling. You know, that's just one simple thing. So I think there's a coldness in the system. The system will always defend the system itself. Um, we kind of need a zero tolerance and stuff like that. But for zero tolerance to work, everything else has to work around it. For example, space has to be found in prisons. Uh, courts have to move much, much quicker. The presumption that when you're in court, you will be dealt with quicker, faster, that justice will be seem to be done quickly. What happens is it just drags on that that particular case they would lose here. That thing, that case went all over the country by the looks of it. Like one mm. courthouse flicking it on to the other courts. Nobody doing the joint up thinking and, and that type of stuff. That all has to go. The only people that can change that is across the political spectrum. Leave out each side on that. Get together on it. Get a group. I know that Jim O'Callaghan has been working on the bail laws. Uh, I'm not for one party or the other, but uh, in my research it came up that he was Looking to to, to, to to examine all these bail laws again, apparently one of them is that if the, the headline sentence is under five years, that there's a presumption that bail will be granted. So if the only people that can change that are the people in power, you know. But kind of these blanket denials out that the system and that the state has done everything correctly and all that in Lucia's case and many, many cases, mm-hmm. it's been poor. It hasn't been doing that. And you know, I can imagine the taste in people's mouths when they read that type of stuff. Like I know. Oh, and, absolutely. I, I understand completely. I mean, it's an, uh, incredibly in, infuriating for people and, and no more than, than Lucia and, and all of the O'Farrell family. Lucia, just finally, um, it's actually in, it's an entirely separate, you know, to the conversation we're having today, but I, I was reading about you in some of the papers uh, earlier this morning um, and the, the guy that was acquitted of Shane's death in 2013, he, he did plead guilty 
guilty, all right, to failing to stop his car at the scene. But he was given a suspended sentence of eight months on condition that he leave this country, return to Lithuania and not return for 10 years. Now, that period expires this year because it's... um. It's 10 years on from that sentencing. But you're now calling on the government. You're pleading with the government, basically, to step in and for him not to be allowed back. Yes, well, he, he struck Shane from behind, carried him on the roof, bonnet and windscreen, in no brake marks, fled the scene, hid the car, and went back to his wife and said, I'm after knocking someone down, I don't know who, and they both went to bed. Now, it, he showed no regard for law and order in this country, and it was quoted by various judges that he was a massive liability and his scale of criminality was appalling since he entered the country. So we have asked for the safety of other people that there should be an exclusion order put in place to prevent his return. He's a risk to public safety. And is that to so the Justice the, Minister or who that's is that? to the Minister for Justice, okay. yes, and we're waiting on a response from that. And I mean, it, 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 there's clear evidence there that he's a risk and he abused heroin and alcohol. He, he was obviously stealing to feed his heroin problem. The state permitted his him to drive on our roads. He killed our beautiful child and there was never any consequence or deterrent for him. But on what, so I would I would say yes, we're waiting on a, on a letter back from the Minister okay. to say that confirm that that exclusion order has put in, been put in place because she has that ability to do that. And in the interest of protecting other families from going through what happened and other shames out there, it, they should feel safe. But but on, on, on okay. what your speakers spoke about there, and, and I want to thank them for their kind words, yeah. uh, it, the big flaw in this country is that it, I can see in our case in relation to the, the offences that this man committed, they were committed two years before he killed Shane and he continued on with 35 offences until he killed. Now, they, in Northern Ireland, he was obje- uh, objecting, you know, gra- uh, uh, making applications for bail and bail was granted and bail wasn't revoked, etc. So it left him out and about to continue to commit mm. more crime. And so in other European countries, this is dealt with much quicker. And indeed, the offences that were committed in August 2009 weren't dealt with for two and a half yeah. years. So it's the time so, really as well as a, a huge, huge part in in, in all of this. And, and, I, and I think even, um, you know, the, the point was made even to a, a little earlier by John like the, the whole thing just needs to be like speeded up it absolutely has to be sped up there's no no question about that at all Lucia listen I, I want to thank you for, for joining us today because I know it's it's never easy to relive all of that and share the story um, your story with us but look we're, we're thinking of, of you and the family um, incredible incredible loss that's Lucia O'Farrell there um, and if we get any details on that you know exclusion order or if there is any update we'll, we'll certainly bring that to you Lucia thank you for joining us today Today, John Cuff as well, uh, Ruth Maxwell, a lot of people getting in touch about this. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.